fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Hey, so you're thinking, why do I hear Lacey's voice? Why do I hear Hannah's breathing? Uh, it's Mystery Monday, where we do something a little different, and we bring you spooky a little spots. Mi- a little mystery. Mm-hmm. Also, we- before, right before she hit the record button, Lacey said, I feel like I'm your grandmother about to sit and oh, tell you a right. story. Because on spooky spots, I do the story, and Hannah just listens, and she doesn't have anything in front of her, and I'm just sitting here with my iPad propped so on my you knee. Just get my, you just get my like raw reaction to these things. Yeah, and I just feel like I'm about to sit down and tell Hannah a story. A spooky story. She's got a flashlight shining up this. on her I face. I just got a flashlight. Maybe because it's PTSD, I have a flashback. My first grade teacher was pregnant, and she would tell during story time, she would sit in this rocking chair and she would pick three kids. And we thought it was an honor at the time. She would pick three kids, and one kid got, you know, one kid on the left foot, one kid on the right foot, one kid on her back, and she would make us massage her because she was pregnant. And um, what? I don't, I never, I never, it was an honor. Like we fought over who got to massage her feet. So, anyways, that wouldn't happen. Um, are you are you time. asking me to massage your feet while I, while you tell me the story? No, but I feel like I'm her about to tell a story. Well, don't please touch do. Me. I'm not going to massage no, don't you. Touch me. Sorry. So we promised in our previous spooky spots episode that we'd be covering this today, and today we're going to talk about the one and only mysterious Bermuda Triangle. Hannah knows ready. nothing. I, uh, all I know is like the general like conspiracy knowledge of the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to go there because you're probably going to disappear. In where to? Correct. I don't know. Correct. Well, I'm going to tell you, girl. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. So here we go. The Bermuda Triangle is a mythical, mysterious section of the Atlantic Ocean with the three points of the triangle roughly being Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. So it's a real it's a real place. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it is on a map. Yes. However, and it's infamous for as you said, ships and planes seemingly vanishing into thin air within its borders. Have you been through the Bermuda Triangle? I have not. Did, does it not does Jamaica I'm not good at geography. When you went to Jamaica? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. It's probably good that I didn't know whether or not we were passing I'm through. I'm not it, doing it. I would have freaked that's out. That's why you haven't seen me down there. I'll, yeah. Thanks, Ireland. I'll, I'll go there. Thanks. Yeah. That's why Lacey loves Ireland, because it does not mm-hmm. pass through the Bermuda Triangle to get there. According to Time Magazine, between 1946 and 1991, there have been at least 100 recorded disappearances. That's a lot. That is too much for me. That's, that's more than a coincidence. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named Vincent Gaddis who coined the term the Bermuda Triangle, but that wasn't until 1964. So we're here today to discuss the history about the Bermuda Triangle, but also the theories, the conspiracies, maybe even bust a few myths. We love that. Little myth busters. Here to do it all. 
So the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, which seems more fitting, is roughly 500,000 square miles. They should have said triangle miles. Um, (laughs) We're also here to bring you some bad puns. Uh, The first recordings of strange activities in this area were written down by none other than Christopher Columbus himself. Because in 1492... Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yes, and I... He, I think he got canceled. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's weird how you can just, just can't. Little, little fun fact for right. you there. And kind of like the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell and osmosis yeah, being. What random things you like random facts mm-hmm. from elementary school that you remember. Mm-hmm. Nina, the painter, the Santa Maria. Yep. What? They must not have gone through the Bermuda Triangle. They they sure did, but they survived because they were the Nina and the painter and the Santa Maria. And you don't mess with that. Nope. So he sailed through the area on one of his first voyages to the New World, and he recorded his sightings in his journal. In his journal, he reported seeing a quote-unquote great ball of fire crash into the sea, which to me sounds like a meteor. Probably. Did I say that right? Yeah. Meteor. Um, Yeah. They probably didn't know about that back then, but... Later, he reported seeing a strange light appear in the distance, and he described this light as, quote, a small wax candle that rose and lifted up, which for a few seconds seemed to be an indication of land. Now, the strange light could be attributed to a rare phenomenon called ball lightning. I looked up, if you've never heard of it or seen it, it kind of looks like just lightning that's like jellyfish. I would call it jellyfish lightning. I I feel like weather out in the ocean does have like different forms like it, yeah. it looks different so lightning's gonna mm-hmm. it has the potential to look different than it does on land well hannah what's weird about that is you know they recorded the weather mm-hmm. and there was no mention of any storms oh. during this day well my so th- my, my theory's it? debunked then what was it he also wrote about his compass being erratic and not working properly which is a problem we'll see in all the other stories and we'll talk about that in a little bit but this is up your alley. See, I, I put this in here just for you. Yes. It is said that Shakespeare's The Tempest mm. was based off the uh, the wreckage of the ship, The Sea Venture, which happened in Bermuda. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. In 1609, the ship was on its way to Jamestown, Virginia, and a huge storm blew it off coast, and it landed near the uninhabited island of Bermuda. Uh, side note, there were survivors. So mm-hmm. I was about to say, I thought there were survivors. But anyways, even Shakespeare getting in on that Bermuda getting, Triangle action. I love it. Old William. All right. So we're going to talk about, there's tons of disappearances. We're going to talk about, the, in my opinion, the creepiest, weirdest ones. So in 1872, a British ship, the De Gratia, was 400 miles east of Azores, which is apparently somewhere near Portugal. I never heard of it. When sailors saw a ship adrift at sea. So Captain David Morehouse was like, what's going on there? And he went off path and turned around to go help this ship. And apparently this ship, he knew it, and it was supposed to it was supposed to go in front of him. And it had left New York City eight days before him, and it should have already arrived in Italy. So when he saw it, he was, he was like, confused. oh, no. So the captain sent his crew aboard the ship to find that there wasn't a soul on board. Instead, what they did find was the crew's belongings. They, it was all still in the quarters. Uh, only one lifeboat was missing. There was 3.5 feet of water just sloshing around in the hole or the brig or, I don't know, boat parts. I don't, I don't know the parts of boats. There were approximately 1,700 barrels of industrial alcohol. 
still intact and a six-month supply of food that was not touched. And there's just nobody on the ship. And so, it, so it's not like they like ran out of supplies mm-hmm. and then all threw themselves overboard. Mm-hmm. The ship began its faith. They, what they would later find out is the ship began its voyage on November 7th, 1872, sailing with seven crewmen, including Captain Benjamin Briggs, his wife, Sarah, and the couple's two-year-old daughter, Sophia. This was a 280-ton ship. It was, um, it was made to battle heavy weather. And it took them two weeks to reach the Azores, where the ship's last entry was recorded at 5 a.m. on November 25th. Now, some people like to attribute this to pirates, but pirates normally steal things. Right, they wouldn't have. And everything you know, was those pirates wouldn't there. have left all that alcohol on the mm. bo- on the boat. Oh, they, uh, they, they want uh, some uh, of that grog. Alcohol. Yeah, that grog. <laughs> if you haven't yet, listen to our pirates episode. It's pretty good. It was good. So that's, I don't know about you, but that yeah, creeps me I don't, out. I don't, I don't buy the pirate's theory on that one. Mm-hmm. So it's not until the 1900s when things really start going banana in the Bermudas. And I, I want to go to the Bermudas and get a shirt that put, says. Put that, put that on a t-shirt. Bananas, going bananas in the Bermudas. Bananas in the Bermudas. Drinking some dirty bananas. Drinking some grog. This tragedy is infamous and it occurred in march 1918 when the uss cyclops which was a 542 foot navy cargo ship this is like a huge warship i just yeah, want you yeah, to I was keep about that say, in mind. anything anything from the navy is mm-hmm. like it's just you, big okay? you should be massive and indestructible mm-hmm. and you can't go missing there were 300 men and 10,000 tons of manganese ore on board and the ship sank somewhere between barbados and chesapeake bay What's creepy is the Cyclops never sent out an SOS distress call, despite it having the equipment to do so. And after extensive searching, they found zero wreckage. And the last known message from the ship simply said, quote, weather fair, all well. After this happened, Woodrow Wilson later said, only God and the sea know what happened to this great ship. Only God and the sea. Mm-hmm. Deep. That is deep. Some pointed fingers at George W. W. Bush, no, Warley, who um, some people said that he was a drunk and the the sailors were trying to even form a mutiny against him, but the Navy defended Warley on these charges and he returned to his command with, you know, no punishment. Then what makes even less sense is in 1941, two of the Cyclops' sister ships similarly vanished and no traces of them were found either. Just no traces yeah nothing no, that floats not, not, not one single trace is alarming uh, okay yeah so that's the cyclops and the fact that they were all like sister sh- ships like mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. this is another famous event so on at 2 p.m on december 5th 1945 five tbm avenger torpedo bombers these are massive like war planes took off from a naval air station in fort lauderdale florida the, plane, the planes collectively were known as Flight 19. It's kind of known as the Flight 19 incident. And they were scheduled to go on this three-hour exercise known as Navigation Problem Number One. I don't want to be part of something that's no, called, that's called that. a problem. Yeah, no, thank I you. don't want to be part of that operation. Their triangular flight plan called for them to head east from the Florida coast and conduct bombing runs at a place called Hens and Chicken Shoals. <laughs> don't know where that's at. They would then turn north and proceed over Grand Bahama Island before changing course a third time and flying southwest back to the base, or at least that was the plan. 
So each of the ships had three men, um, normally either Navy men or Marines on board, and only one of the planes had two men. But nevertheless, all of these people that went on this mission had over 300 hours in the air. And I was going to say, those have to be like right super well-trained people. They were all very skilled right. flyers, so right. keep that in mind. The flight's leader was Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, and he was an experienced pilot and veteran of several combat mission missions in World War II specific theaters. So this man knows what he's doing. You would think the Bermuda Triangle is not going to get him. Shortly after the patrol turned north for the second leg of the journey, something very strange started happening. And for reasons that are still unclear, Lieutenant Taylor became convinced that his Avengers compass was malfunctioning and that his planes had been flying in the wrong direction. And the troubles only mounted after a front blew in and brought in rain and gusting winds, heavy cloud cover. Flight 19 became hopelessly disoriented, and they have transcripts of the radio back and forth with the base. Um, some of them saying, I don't know where we are. We must have lost, got lost after that last turn. So Lieutenant Robert F. Fox, who was another flight instructor, and he was at the base in Florida, he overheard the radio's communication and immediately informed the air station of the situation, and they contacted the Avengers to ask if they needed assistance. Lieutenant Taylor said, both my compasses are out, and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down. And they both said that he sounded extremely anxious during this call. Like, Duh. Well, yeah. And at least with this one, there's, you know, the previous case, there was no distress messaging. Mm -hmm. This one has like, at least whether it's technology progression or what, but at least this has like conversations that something bad was happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Under normal circumstances, pilots are taught um, that if they're lost in the Atlantic, they are supposed to point their planes towards the setting sun and fly west towards the mainland. But Lieutenant Taylor had become convinced that he might be over the Gulf of Mexico. So hoping to locate the Florida Peninsula, he made a faithful decision to steer Flight 19 northeast, which was a course that would only take them out farther to sea. And some of the pilots seemed to have recognized that he was making a stake, mistake, one of them saying, damn it, if he would just fly west, we could get home. I was about to say, it is kind of hard to argue with where the sun is in the sky. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean. No. It's a pretty big ball was, of fire. I was about to say, that that one seems pretty, like, you, I know your compass might be messed up, but, like, right. the, the, sun the sun is. She's there. She, she's on a She's been there a track. while. Yeah, right. so. Flight 19's radio transmissions soon became increasingly faint as they meandered out to sea. And when fuel began to run low, Taylor was heard prepping his men for a potential crash landing in the ocean, saying, All planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. And a few minutes later, the Vendra's last radio communications were replaced by an eerie buzz of static. At first sight the next day, the Navy dispatched more than 300 boats and aircraft to look for the Flight 19, and this search party spent five days combing more than 300,000 square miles of territory with nothing. No. no, Nothing. No remains. No. 300,000, and the triangle's 500,000. That's almost the entire triangle. Yeah. Ooh. Nothing. I'm not flying through there. Now, this last story we have is the one that confuses me the most. Okay. Because, okay, sure, these planes could sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think you could find some, some, wreckage, some wreckage, but mm-hmm. maybe not. This last story, I don't get it. 
Okay. So here we go. On December 22nd, 1967, real estate agent Dan Burek and his, I don't know if it was his, but an Irish Catholic priest, sure, Patrick Horgan went out on what was supposed to be a short trip on David's 23-foot yacht named the Witchcraft. That sounds like what I would name my yacht. But also, listen, I'm not driving the Witchcraft through... Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle. Mag- <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Maybe the magic could help him. No. It didn't help him. Uh, no. All right. Yeah, but also, I'm that's not, a dope not, name for a yacht. I'm not poking that bear. All right. Well, he David felt like poking it. So they set sail from Miami's coast with plans to go a short distance out so they could see the Christmas lights from the sea. Sounds like a decent idea. If you were on a boat sounds beautiful. in the Bermuda Triangle, that was named the Witchcraft. And they stopped at buoy number seven. So this was, you know, a known spot where somebody could find them. But at around 9 p.m., David radioed the Coast Guard to say that he had hit something in the water and needed help being towed in. Uh, He did not sound panicked or distressed, just like, I hit something, it probably messed up the motor or whatever. This guy was also like a sailor. He knew what he was doing. He would have have told them if the ship was sinking. Right. Right. So the Coast Guard knew the location of buoy number seven, but David said he would send off a flare to alert them anyway, just extra precaution. Side note, for whatever reason, this flare never went off. And when the Coast Guard arrived just 19 minutes later, there was no sign of the ship. Period. There's several problems with this. One being a ship that size would take longer than 19 I was about minutes to say, nine, to sink. 19 minutes is mm-hmm. not a long time. Not enough time for you to go down. Right. The Witchcraft was also a special ship that was designed to be unsinkable. It had this built-in flotation device. So even if the hull was filled with water and part of the ship was submerged... It was designed so at least part of the like ship the back would seek out of the water. Out, like, it, yeah. you can't sink this ship. Something would have been sticking out of the water. Mm-hmm. There were also log logs that said uh, there that kept, let me say, documents <laughs> that kept track of how many life preservers were on board. And there were tons of life preservers on board. And even the seat cushions and stuff could be used as flotation device. If the ship sank, surely these, one of those, some, something would have floated at the surface. Nothing. There was nothing. So, also, why weren't the men still there floating? It had only been 19 minutes. You can tread water and, for 19 minutes, well, especially with your life preserver. And if you are still close enough to land to see the Christmas lights, mm-hmm. like, sure, if I'm out and I can't see any land, maybe I'm not right. jumping in the water. But if I can see land, mm-hmm. I might think I could swim. Swim. I might get a little tired, but I, I might can get tread tired, water but I for might, 19 minutes. I, if it's that or death, I would try mm-hmm. it. Right. So some people say, well, maybe they were eaten by sharks. There was no blood anywhere. If the shark comes up and eats two whole men, there's going to be tons of blood. Nope. Yep. No blood. What? Uh, what happened? It, it's a mystery. So, so they, these two guys, these guys, they know they knew at this point, like the myth of the Bermuda Triangle. I'm sure. Yeah. Because it's what. 1967? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And after searching 24,500 square miles, the Coast Guard called off the search on December 28th. They have no idea where they went. They have no idea where the witchcraft they just, went. They just closed the case. They just closed it up. And that's what I'd do. I, I would just listen. The Bermuda Triangle is going to win. All right, win. so this, this one's yours, Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bermuda Triangle That one makes the... Coast Guard zero. That one, I think, gives me the most heebie-jeebies because it makes no sense. Yeah, I agree. All right, so now we're going to get to some theories. We got some ones that kind of make sense, ones that are 
um, sound like they're from a fairy tale. Yep. I was about to say, some of these are always r- real mystical. Mm-hmm. And I saved the best for last. Oh, perfect. I'll let you As guess. we like so, to. First theory is, well, it's not even really a theory. It's just that the Bermuda Triangle isn't a supernatural place, but just a naturally dangerous section of the ocean where there's always plenty of hurricanes, tropical storms. And the triangle is also known as having some of the deepest underwater trenches. So wreckage could, in theory, sunk so deep that no one could ever find it. Also, there's no evidence that more disappearances happen in the Bermuda Triangle than any other part of the ocean. But my question would be, why is it such a high concentration? Yeah. Under mysterious circumstances. In between those three points. Like, don't tell me that it's not weird. Yeah. No, it is. And, and I feel like that's one of those things where people try to debunk that by saying like, you know, if someone's scared of the ocean because of shark attacks, they're like, well, how many people die in a car, mm-hmm. in a car? You know, they're like, well, how many other people die in all the other parts of the sea? Mm-hmm. But I do think there is a, un, there is something uncanny. Mm-hmm. Like I said, your girl's not going. She's not going to do it. All right. So number two, I'm not opposed to that first theory. Okay. The Bermuda Triangle is home to a magnetic phenomenon. So apparently this is a place where true north and magnetic north align. I don't know what that means scientifically, but apparently it causes compasses to not work properly. So there's all kinds of stories of compasses and Mm -hmm. other electrical equipment not working. This same phenomenon, just fun fact, can also be seen in the Gobi Desert. Do we have? Do people go disappear in there? Is there a Gobi Desert Triangle? Is there a Gobi Desert coordinates we we should look it up? Also, lightning storms, which are common in the area, can mess with magnetism of the ship's plane and plane's equipment. So, Okay. I'm also not opposed to that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not going to be opposed to this one either. Uh-oh. The third theory is that the people who have disappeared are now living in the underwater kingdom known as Atlantis. <laughs> yes, Atlantis. So Atlantis was no an No more need for any other theories. This is the right one. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about Atlantis. Plato wrote about it, and according to legend, the entire kingdom disappeared into the sea in just one day. And in 1970s, writer Charles Bertlitz theorized that the entire city of Atlantis was victim of the Bermuda Triangle. My question is, do these people grow gills? Yeah, probably like the, um, what were those animals or creatures in Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. Listen, if a whole city can can sink in one day, Mm -hmm. I think a boat could sink in 19 minutes. Oh, that's true. But it does, that doesn't happen. So, and especially with the type of ship just, that was. You know, just, but so maybe they're just all living in Atlantis, living their life. Maybe that they're is a good, fish. That is a good fairy, fairy tale version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. This next one, I had to get Chase to try to explain to me. I, lo- I love when we do research and we have to pull Chase in because it mm-hmm. just goes above our head. And, and Chase is our like residential mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And smart, I always, smarty. And it doesn't matter that I get him to explain it. Because oh, yeah. it's still like... We, we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, uh-huh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then we sit down in front of our microphone and we're like, <laughs> so the next theory is that we'll see, I put black hole. Okay. I thought that was in space. I don't know. Cause I don't understand, but Chase said there's a difference between black holes and wormholes. And then oh, he, Lord. and then he got out this piece of paper and he crumbled it up and he stuck a pencil through it and he was taught just math and science. And I don't understand. So the black I hole, according to Chase, the black hole theory doesn't make sense because if you were anywhere close to a black hole, we would all be sucked into it and die. So nobody would They're, survive the Bermuda Triangle. Right. Not but just he was saying a like people. a wormhole is a way to t- time travel. But you have to have a lot of energy to do. It. I don't know something like that. I'm sorry. If you want to, but you, wanna, you get the general. If this sounds, concept. if this sounds like your theory, go 
research it mm-hmm. and, and, and come enlighten us. But in the 1970s, pilot Bruce Gernon testified that he escaped an incident in the Bermuda Triangle, which he characterized as, quote, an electric fog. His plane was all of a sudden submerged in this gray haze and his compasses stopped working and he flew blindly for three minutes before his radio informed him that he was over Miami, which he looked at his watch, only 40 minutes had passed. Normally this distance, which he traveled a lot, would take at least 90 minutes. So a wormhole. Yeah, so so some, some kind of shift in time. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Listen, because I don't understand it, and I don't understand physics, mm-hmm. there's no, I don't think they have any solid, like, here's a video of a black hole or wormhole right. proof. Anything's possible to me. Yeah. And I like to think that somehow th- physics th- is going to get me to be a wizard at Hogwarts. Yeah, I, I do I do think that there is a lot scientifically about our world that happens that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not ruling stuff like that mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But also my brain can't wrap itself around that so right and I, I said chase do you want to be a guest on our episode today and he said no i feel like i mess up y'all's vibe no chase you don't mess up our vibe you yeah. add to our vibe yeah all right our last theory you, you told me you saved the best for last it is the most popular gate uh, scapegoat for anything that is supernatural or anything Yetis. that can't no close that can't be explained <laughs> who did it the the yetis no oh uh, pirates no they're oh. green they have antennas they fly around no aliens aliens oh. there you go aliens are behind it now listen we can do a whole so that episode little light, on aliens so that little light christopher columbus saw was a ufo could be okay um and then just vastness and infinite universe i do not i can't say for a fact that we are the only living intellectual creatures yeah. Do they fly around in little UFOs? I don't know. I don't know about their life. I don't know about their technology. But if you believe in said aliens and their UFOs and teleportation, they could just come over your ship, beam you up. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty, and then you'd be gone. Um, in October of 2014, two passengers on a carnival cruise out in the Bermuda Triangle, first of all, who's going on a cruise to the bermuda triangle people brave anyway they saw and recorded a ufo flying over uh, them in the middle of the day so that's all the proof you need right there just there it is you all you need is one mm-hmm. one all you can drink carnival cruise goer taking a video mm-hmm. of something over mm-hmm. the ocean to make you believe it right there's also a um naval base down there Mm-hmm. near the Bermuda Triangle. It's not secret. People know about it, but they call it the Area 51 of the sea. And they supposedly, like, people think they do alien aquatic research. I don't know how that's a specialty, but... That would be a cool specialty. I know for a fact. We don't... I don't know... We don't know what the government does. No. Oh, no. Not at all. I, my mind I wouldn't is put open it past, to I wouldn't any put it possibilities. Past I wouldn't put it past, past our government to research things like aliens. Mm-hmm. They probably don't call it that, but... To, to research like extraterrestrial life. I mean, we do all this research in space anyway. Yeah. But but also, if this were a thing, why would they just concentrate to this one tiny triangle in mm-hmm. the ocean? Unless it, all those other they're drawn by the supernatural by that magnetic Yeah, that magnetic mm-hmm. field. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still not not looking to go on a carnival cruise through the Bermuda Triangle anytime soon. No, thank soon. you. 
But that was our spooky spot. Thank we, you for that. We hope you're enjoying these spooky spots. We could do Area 40 or Area 51. We could add as a spooky spot. There you go. You mentioned that with the aliens. I might thing. need a break from government conspiracy theories. That's true. We got to spread those out. Mm-hmm. So we'll just surprise you with the next one. But hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hannah, being did you enjoy my storytelling? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I would have enjoyed it a lot less if I had to rub your feet the whole time while you told me that story. I don't I don't want you to rub my feet. I know. I'm, I'm just to... thinking back to the way you started this episode. Her name was Miss Teams. <laughs> <laughs> Calling her out. Calling her out. Uh, Miss Teams, you were a wonderful teacher. That was a little bit weird. Anyways, we're getting off topic. She's probably not alive now. But anyway... Well, no, she was pregnant at the time, yeah, so she, she was would like, be. Yeah. she's just like a grandma now. Yeah. All right. Join us next time. Check us out on Instagram at Scary Tales Podcast. We will Keep bring you more stories. spooky spots. We'll mm-hmm. bring you more fairy tales. Tiny true tales. Crime, tiny tales. All the things. We'll try to convince Chase to do an episode, I maybe. want. I want Chase to do an episode with us so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see you next time. Don't get lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Nope. <laughs> Bye. Bye.